Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. I am Chris Graham, and we're going to talk some local politics, Augusta County politics, uh, here on the show today. I've got Tracy Piles, who is a candidate for the Commissioner of Revenue Post in Augusta County, joining us here as a special guest on the show. Tracy, thank you for joining us here today. Thanks for having me, Chris. <laughs> So I've known you for a while, Tracy. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking back as I was uh, going through my mental banks today. I remember first meeting you. I was a young reporter. We were both much younger then, 1996, yeah. when you were still mm-hmm. relatively. How how long had you been on the County Board of Supervisors in, in 1996? I have to ask that. Question. That was my first year. First year. OK, so it was my first yeah. year as a reporter. So we were yeah. both young at that time, both rookies yeah. uh, in the game. And, uh, you know, I was working for the News Virginian at that time, got to know you uh, a little bit then and certainly over the past 27 years. I can't believe it. I'm even saying that out loud. 27 years. Um, You have served on the Board of Supervisors 22 uh, years. Uh, You were Mm -hmm. chairman a few times. And and now you're you're putting your name in for commissioner of revenue. Got to ask, You've been doing this for so long and balancing so many things, family, yeah. jobs, you know, the county, everything else. What made you want to do this and run for commission revenue this year? Well, before I get into that, I will say that one of your first articles on me was with uh, we were talking to Stanton. Stanton was talking reversion and you called me fiery piles. Uh, and that was, that was the first one time somebody was uh, kind of. Uh, catching on to who I was, so I. I had insight as a young reporter, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> you, you did a good job then. Uh, but no, uh, you know, uh, you can't be in a job twenty-two years, local politics, and not keep up with it. And uh, there's just been so much going on with the board of supervisors that has been disappointing to me uh, that I wanted to get back in in a place that I think I can be effective in bringing board supervisors back to earth. I, I think some of the things that they're doing and the way they're doing them both are problematic. Uh, you know, I've always been, I hope people realize pretty much a numbers guy and very much concerned always with our tax rate. Uh, when I was on the board, our 58 cent tax rate never went above 58, but we did take it down on my insistence when we had a very bad reassessment in 2009 and we dropped it to 48 then and I did vote to bring it back to 58 when we had a new reassessment but that was that Uh, we never added a tax we got rid of the card decal uh, during my time but it was always important to me that we lived with the same parameters uh, throughout that our people were living with when you have a certain tax rate set and it's been successful a number of years, um, you get your growth by improvement in the economy of the community. And that has worked very well for us. Uh, Whenever there's cost increases, you get money. Uh, There is the assessments that come, uh, now it's five years in between where we catch up with uh, inflation, if you will, doing that. So that was always, I thought it was fair to our constituents and worked well for the county. There wasn't anything we really missed during my time. We built schools, parks, libraries, rural rustic roads, uh, Life Corps Drive. Uh, we did a lot of good things. 
But immediately after my leaving, they started raising taxes. They raised real estate five cents. They they increased uh, car tax ten cents. They increased meals and lodging fifty percent. They added a new cigarette tax that we never had before, and not. And when I was looking at their needs, not a single penny went to anything uh, on the budget. It all went to excess. It all went to uh, uh, reserves, and that makes no sense to me. And when I tried to quiz them on it, uh, I wasn't met with uh, open arms. Uh, the first time I went in there, I said, "Hey." Yeah, uh, you can afford to do the the body cams for the police with all this extra money you had. And I was pointing out they were running more than twenty million dollars in the black excess to what they needed. And at that point is when they uh, said I should dress up like a monkey and join uh, the protesters down at the sheriff's office. And then they called me a Pinocchio and a jackass if I can say that. They put it in the paper. So I got fed up and I said, well, I started being more of a, a pain uh, and, 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 and trying to make the point that they're, you know, they're not being fair to our working people. You know, we were going through COVID and they increased taxes. We were going through hyperinflation and we increased taxes. And for all of it to go for no good, I know nothing actually for the people made no sense. Uh, so I wondered, what has really been their motivation? It hasn't been education. They've actually reneged on the formula that we had with the school board, the supervisors and them, uh, twice when they had two tax increases. So the schools are getting around $3 million less than they should be receiving by formula. So they weren't helping them. There was very little they were doing for agriculture. They hadn't done a whole lot more in fire and rescue than what we'd done before. So it was problematic. And then you find out that the more you ask, uh, the harder it is to get information. So uh, I felt like if I got into this position of commissioner of revenue, I could do some things that are important to hold their feet to the fire in some regards. You know, I don't know other states. I've only lived in Virginia, only studied Virginia closely, yeah. but we do have a very unique system here in Virginia yeah. in terms of how we do local government. We have a board of, in, right. in, the, in the counties, we have boards of supervisors, the cities have yeah. city councils. Um, and then we separately elect constitutional officers, commissioner of revenue mm -hmm. being one of those, sheriff, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. treasurer, uh, circuit court clerk. And, yeah. um, uh, you, you know, one one issue I've had as a as a local government journalist covering, you know, this wide area for the 27 plus years that I have is it seems like in so many places, those constitutional officers don't act independently. They don't seem to be they seem to be just part of the government. Almost it's almost like we just elect those people uh, and pay them very nice salaries and, yeah. and they don't really do the job we elect them to do, which is to be independent uh, checks and balance kind of arbiters. Um You've talked about this uh, throughout yeah. your campaign for this position. Yeah. Um, how important is it that that we do have an actual independent commissioner of revenue? Well, you, you it is for checks and balance. And if you're the commissioner of revenue, you should be the one saying, make the projections of how much revenue you're going to get in the succeeding year. Uh, I had asked, Early when I was uh, going to take up this job, 
I went and met with Mrs. Shrewsbury and asked her how she did some things. And I was very surprised that uh, uh, that she didn't get involved with it very much. Um, to me, she should be, or she should have, or I will say, this is what we can expect. That is, um, say with the car tax, it was a particular problem. Uh, every year, the, the board is not very successful in predicting what they're going to get on that or the other. And that comes from two causes. One is they want to under uh, project. They want their estimates to be low. And they and the commissioner should be saying, well, you can set it where you like, but this is where it's going to be based upon what the assessments are, what the tax rate are. Um, what I saw here, uh, when I started getting and doing some FOIA on them, uh, I saw that the big burst in values that came up that Mrs. Shrewsbury didn't see until August of last year. Uh, I don't know whether she panicked or what, but she went and told the supervisors that instead of getting the 18.8 .8 million they were expected, it was going to be 23 million. Now that's that was an increase. 18 was from 15 million the year before. So in one year, it was going to go from 15 to 23 million. So the board, you know, they said, well, uh, it's one thing to win an election. It's another to have a landslide. We were going to have a landslide in revenue. So she told them it was going to be 23 million. So Mr. Fitzgerald told her, well, what would it have to, how much would you have to decrease it to take it down to 21 million, okay? So he told her what they wanted to do. Then she came back and said 8%. So then it's trumped up as if this is what Mrs. Shrewsbury was, was doing when this is what the board was doing. When I looked at other localities, what they were doing, those commissioner revenues were looking at, okay, the board had predicted and as I got to say, 18.8 million. Then they said, okay, if we reduce the assessment by 25%, we'll come in exactly that, a perfect relationship between projection and, and actual. That makes sense to do that, uh, to be fair to the people and give you everything the board said they needed. But the board wasn't happy with just going up two or three million on 15. They wanted to go up five million, all right, uh, four or five million. That's the kind of thing where the 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 commissioner doesn't have to do anything outlandish, but they should put out. They should do what they think is right. If they're going to reduce the the ratio, they should have taken it down to eighteen. But to say and make it look like they were reducing our taxes, they weren't. They were, they weren't taking quite as much as they could have, but they're already taking an outrageous increase. Okay, so I think that 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 the board shouldn't be involved with that, but that the soup the if I'm commissioner of revenue, I will do a projection, an official projection from the office to say this is what we expect to get in meals lodging, 
uh, personal property, vehicle, and all that. Because the excess that she has allowed for them to say that's being generated has allowed them to say they can't afford something. Uh, last year, or was it this year, they said we will add 1% tax rate to pay for body camps. And then they said, well, we don't want to add that. Well, they never needed to do that. That They have, uh, well, I'm just looking at the numbers, and what they projected this year in those two categories will be underestimated by $4 million. So you need a commissioner of revenue who's going to say, no, no, no. This is what it's going to be. They can make it something else. But if they do, the, they should explain to the people why they're not using the commissioner's numbers. And then when the actual come in, and I'm very comfortable, I'll be able to give them projections. They'll be far closer to reality than theirs. They'll have to explain themselves. So I would think it would be only one year. But the commissioner should not be a tool of the supervisors. And they're working hand in glove. She needs to get the, the office needs certain spending from the supervisors. So there's still that relationship. But it would be my case. You need to fund us as we need to be funded, but um, uh, that but we're still going to do our job. Uh, another thing was I brought up uh, several years ago about bringing reassessments in house, and we looked at other people were doing it. Rockingham County does it. Other folks do. It's not. A, it wasn't a novel approach. It's just a different approach, and it gives us. Uh, greater control. Now, as she has said, she fought it back then. And when I put it out, it was in the News Virginian, she said, she just uh, weighed in with uh, Bob Stewart that, oh, we looked at that before and we found it to be too expensive. Well, it, it, was, it wasn't as big a winner as it might be now, but back then, we were paying less than $800,000 for an assessment every five years. This last one is over 1.6 million, I think 1.7 million. I know that we can bring in house for half that. I mean, how many people do we think we need to do that? Uh, but I think there's different ways to do it. But the board uh, went with what she wanted and she did, does what they wanted. No, the, the, it needs to be a fine line between the two where I would be like the Office of Management and Budget uh, in Washington. They put out uh, objective numbers that everybody agrees to. And they say, okay, that's what uh, we can expect and work with that, which is better than either party or either uh, Senate or House making up their own numbers. You know, I've known you long enough, Tracy, to know, like you said earlier, yeah. you know, you're known for the numbers, uh, being the guy who, who pours through those hundreds of pages of books yeah. every year. Um you did that on the board. You've done that yeah. since your time off the board. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important aspect to the job you're you're applying for. I like to I like yeah. to use that terminology. Yeah. I think also a little bit here too. I mean, we're talking on a Wednesday night, as it turns out. We're recording yeah. this on a Wednesday night. Yeah. Uh, you you're used to um, being fiery on a Wednesday nights lately. Yeah, <laughs> not just yeah. the other Wednesday nights, but I think there's something to uh being part of a checks and balances system that you know i mean yeah you know to some degree everybody's got to work and get along but also yeah. we need somebody in these jobs who's willing to stand up i don't think there's any question you're going to stand up if you have to well 
look, I, if I were to have an easy path in politics, I wouldn't have been a Democrat. I mean, it's I started off in the hole. And a Democrat in Augusta myself. County, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, I only got elected the first time because there were three people running. The Republican vote got split. But five times after that, I was worthy in the pastor's district. And I got as much as 68% of the vote one year. So the people appreciated what I was doing. And they appreciated, I think, that I had their back. And I wasn't going to roll over for anything or anybody because they didn't send me there to just be a potted plant, you know. And, and they have a lot of people that kind of, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You don't give me a hard time with this. I won't give you a hard time with, with that. And, and it matters. And I'll give you an example. My last year on the board, uh, Gerald Garber pulled me aside. We went into all of us. He said, Tracy, um, Gene Shrewsbury will increase land use taxes if you won't make a mistake about it. And I said, Gerald, you know, I, you know I, I'm for agriculture. We need to hold the line on that. They're important to our community. Well, I lost, I wasn't there the following year, and immediately it went up 30%. We can't have people that, if it was a commissioner's belief that those rates needed to be changed, she said, change them no matter what, and said, and then let the heat come. But, uh, or, uh, you know, if, if she's willing to hold them because there's one person objecting, well, then hold them. I mean, the 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 farm community is hard-pressed all the time. They're our most important industry. At any given time, there might be something that that that, that catches their eye. But when you look at the stability of it, the ongoing presence, and what it does in so many ways, whenever a farmer wants to do something different, nobody wants them to, uh, to give up any land. They don't want them to sell it for development. They don't want smell. They don't want uh, travel things, but they have been there for this county since the beginning of this county. And we have a responsibility in leadership of the county to maintain that business, that ability to provide food for the nation. Um, it, if, if it gives feed, fuel, fertilizer, food, and fiber. You can't just do that anywhere. We have to respect that we have two, our mountain ranges both hold vast amounts of water, okay? So we're in a great area for water. And what the farmers have done, you read about generational farming all the time. These people have handed down and stuck around to provide food, important things, essential things to us and the rest of the country. How can we bail on that responsibility by overtaxing them? And we take away so many of their rights that we have to give them something. I mean, if they want to develop, if they want to sell off land, that can be a problem. If they want to do you know, uh, solar energy. Well, my goodness, that is a great revenue source for our farmers, which doesn't necessarily stop the agriculture. There's a lot of good things going on, cohabitating, if you will, agriculture and, and, and solar energy. I've looked at it 
many times, and I, uh, my nephew is a, a executive director of Virginia Cattlemen Association, and I talked to him about it. What can we do better to keep farming viable and keep thing and help them out without destroying what we have? You mentioned you're a Democrat. I'm a Democrat, too. Yeah. Uh, you're an Augusta County native. I'm an Augusta County native as yeah. well. We yeah. both lived here for as long as we've been on the yeah. earth. So there's yeah. that aspect of things. Yeah. Um, I wanted to personalize you a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then we both have one other yeah. tie. We're both from Deerfield. Now, you lived right. there a lot longer than I did. I only lived there until yeah. I was three. But um, how how did how did growing up in the western part of the county and in Augusta County in general shape uh, how I mean, you know, because I, I think when people hear the word Democrat, they think of certain things and, and God, you know, I'm not apologizing for being a Democrat, but they think of certain things. And 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 you also I mean, you're a toe the line guy. You're talking about the yeah. numbers and let's make sure we sp yeah. if we're going to spend money, let's spend it right. right. So you're not you know, you're not one of the, you know, a national Democrat. You're a you're yeah. a you're a county. You're a you're a Deerfield yeah. Democrat. Talk about what, yeah. how, how growing up here and living here all your life shaped you. Well, you have to remember that back in that time in the 60s, long before you, um, it, uh, not as long as one, you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it was the bird machine. They controlled everything as 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 monopolistic as Republicans are today here. Democrats were back then. OK, so there was that. Uh, my father was a union man. Um, and, you know, uh, my childhood was, you know, not having a lot. I mean, we not insufficient, but not having a lot. But we had a very free life out there. We were like uh, uh, feral children. Uh, they opened the door in the morning, and you know, when the lights came on, if we had, we didn't have, yeah, we had a few lights. Yeah, but we had to be home. But all the land was like. For everybody, you know, you could cross a fence, go across the Shinneberries or the Becks or whomever, and you're doing your shot or yell that. Uh, we lived, you know, we camped out at the river, uh, and we had dogs running in the street. Uh, we had chickens in the street. The Burgundines had chickens at the corner of 629, and sometimes you, you had to slow up for the chickens. But it was for frugality. You 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 raised some eggs. You did some uh, had some chickens. You did some things, but the other part of it was the Baptist Church. At that time, when you went to the Baptist Church, they used to step on your toes and, and try to make you be a better person. Uh, that you know you weren't. You were supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. You're supposed to uh, stick with your wife, raise your kids, and. And, and, and live by the Ten Commandments. We've, we've had millions of laws just trying to enforce the Ten Commandments. But I came out of that with a great sense of empathy for the other guy. And it only grew uh, as, I, as I got older. And I had, my heart was for uh, the, the people that had less. Now, does that make me uh, a socialist or something? No, 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 no. You have to make things work. You can, you, you know, you can only give away so much until it's not working anymore. So when I've looked at things, uh, how do we make it work long term? 
You know, we can't, you know, some of the things that are going on with the programs are going to bankrupt us. We know that. And we have to have things properly checked, properly see that they serve the need that is out there, not every want that's out there. But but when it comes down to the Board of Supervisors, I took that as I did with my job in purchasing all those years. I could have gone farther up the chain, but I never wanted to lose what I was valuable at. And I could, I did a good job of bringing things in line uh, cost-wise, always looking for new ways to do things, initiative when salespeople would bring it in. I found that you could do a lot of things different and save a lot of money and improve your process. So when I got on the Board of Supervisors, I wanted to do that. I wanted to see if we were smart and how we were spending our money, how we could do it better. And, you know, there were things that we did that, you know, that that worked, that, that saved money and allowed us to prosper. I think, you know, what we did with schools was the right thing to do. Uh, we, we built them up. We, you have to do the things that have to be done. And sometimes I got, uh, I got from both sides of time for schools. There were some things I was doing too much. Some thought I was doing too little. Uh, the teachers uh, thought we weren't doing the right amount there. But at the end of the day, I guess what I want to say is I tried to know who my bosses were. And at, at ASR, it, it wasn't, it was the stockholders or the owners that I had to please, you know? And and it was also my fellow workers. I wanted them to have jobs. If somebody said, let's take it overseas, I did everything I could first to make it work fairly. Could we make it here just as cheap if we, uh, when we compared uh, inventory costs and transportation costs and do that? But when you had to go out, you had to go out. So it's not being fixed on one thing. It's saying what makes the most sense for the purposes we have, for the bosses we have. To me, the bosses are the voters and the taxpayers, and I want to make their lives better, not worse. And, and you can do that from the board if you're focused on the main thing, not the other thing. The other thing being politics or taking care of your buddies or you know, these are important people. They're good people. Let's take care of them. Everybody's a good people, you know, and they need people in office who recognize that and are willing to say, we need to do this for this reason. The last several months have been very interesting in Augusta County politics. As you know, um, yeah. what I, one thing that jumps out at me is that when I look at numbers, I, I did this week or two ago uh for some other reason and then i i stumbled yeah. upon some i love numbers too i'm a numbers guy yeah. not quite as much as you but i'm close yeah. um i was looking at the number of facebook views on the the county board of supervisors meetings videos yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um at, let's say as of january february there were a few hundred people and not not just mm -hmm. watching live people can watch those yeah. archives so there maybe yeah. be two or three hundred or so now there's thousands watching People yeah. are paying attention um, because yeah. of the, some of the things you're bringing up uh, yeah. on a week or bi-weekly basis, twice yeah. a month and on Wednesdays. Also, you know, there's a lot more attention because the, the Board of Supervisors is sort of bringing attention to itself, as we've, yeah. we've seen with the animal control ordinance. Now all the, yeah. the back and forth between the six and Scott Seton. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, how as a candidate, you this is an opportunity for you to marshal the attention that's being paid by yeah. more people. You know, election, yeah. local elections tend not to get a lot of votes. The people think they need to vote in a presidential election. That's more important when actually the guy who the guy or gal who controls either the board of supervisors, their their local district or, you know, the job you're running for commissioner revenue. Those are much more important, but far fewer people vote in those elections. I think we might see a good turnout this year. What is your sense of that? And how how do you play off of all the attention we're getting now to maybe get more attention to what you're trying to do uh, running for this office? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I decided I had to get more attention by them wanting to give me less attention, all right? Uh, they have tried to shut me down on a variety of, of, of times. They had a press conference once uh, on some of the, 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 the courthouse, and I was writing for the uh, News Virginia then. I had a weekly column that was pretty well read, I think, and so I went, and I'm there with everybody else. They said, ready for questions? I raised my hand, and they won't take my question. Uh, you know, Garber uh, uh, said, well, you're a columnist. You're not a reporter. Huh? And, you know, and, you know, constitutionally, there's no difference when you think about the things that, that made this country. They weren't from reporters. They were Federalist Papers and other things that came out and, and defined things by opinions. From, from Madison and Jay and uh, Hamilton, things that went out there. So they did that. They they once reneged, uh, uh, they sent back a, a Freedom of Information request on um, what they did with Chief Holloway when they fired him. You know, and I said, I want to know how much money you, 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 you paid him to leave. And they said, that's personnel, you can't get it. I went to the FOIA people and uh, they said, no, they, they, they gave me the, the Supreme Court ruling where that had to be. So I got that information. But they have done a lot of things of hiding what they're doing. Uh, when they bought that, uh, they call it a heavy squad. It was a piece of equipment for $1.7 million. By the Code of Virginia, that had to have a public hearing because it was over 1% of the county budget. But they didn't have a public hearing. And if you read the minutes of that meeting, you'll say where uh, uh, Slavin says, well, this is important, uh, but we got to just listen to the people in, or staff. Okay. When you want to spend $1.7 million of the county taxpayers' money, you ought to, ought to invite them in and get their opinions. They might have had some questions, only one Bitter, and they said, Well, we tried everywhere, we'll wait and try again and get something right. Or, how are you going to pay for it? Is it going to be right away? Are you going to put a reserve on things? Do we really need it? I had somebody very, very smart on fire and rescue and said that wasn't something we needed. And I'm sure when you look at this county, we need more smaller things than one big thing. Uh, you know, we, we need to have a lot of uh, ambulances and fire trucks and tanker trucks to get the water out. We're a big county. We can't have a central fire station because we wouldn't get to places on time. They did that without public notice. This thing that they did with the uh, changing of the assessment uh, to 92%, it was in fact 
a tax increase from the what the budget said, 18, it was taking it up to like 21 million. Okay. By rule, you have to go by the original budget. And they were increasing the original budget by more than 1%. So again, they violated the Code of Virginia. And I see over and over again, they try to take care of things on the low down. Now, the little things, they put out, oh, we're going to spend this much, it's going to come out of this account code, but the big thing, they don't. So I see that, and I just, you know, I'm, I was there 22 years. I, I know how things work, and I know when they're not working. So it was important to me, after they, they uh, embarrassed me uh, by calling me names and doing this, I went, okay, I can play it as well as I can, but that's when then they started uh, squelching opinion. They 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 dialed it back. Well, you can only have uh, this many minutes, three minutes, five minutes, because the garbage says anything that happens after eleven o'clock, any decision made after eleven o'clock will be a bad decision. Well, they're making bad decisions at seven o'clock. So it's it's not a time thing; it's an energy thing. Start the meetings earlier, whatever it takes, but. Here's where they go wrong. They're spending, I think, up to $100,000 a year for a communication manager in her office. That's to get their information out. They're spending that much money to get their information out, but they're clicking back on what the people want to share with them. That makes no sense. We're the bosses. Listen to us. Give us time. We went through 22 years of open mic. All right, come on in and share what you think. Sometimes it was uh, laborious when it was very repetitious and all that. But I will tell you, I never had a public hearing that I didn't learn something. Where there was something come up that I hadn't thought about. I try to think about a lot, but you can't think of everything from everybody's perspective. So they lose by not allowing folks to have their say and doing it. And I think that sort of thing the people in large, at large, they get it. They know something's not right. When they are trying to stop people from talking, from being heard, and they want to just put it out the other way, like it was chaos or something from Russia, you know, there's prop they want to have their propaganda, their pretty uh, ice cream sunnies presented to us, but they don't want to hear about what, what we're dealing with and what they're doing wrong it helps to give people the relief valve of going before them and letting off steam. You can send emails, you can write letters, but I can tell you this, they're not all read, they're not acting on, but if you're before the people and if this growing number of people are there, they will react or they'll feel the heat anyway. So what they're doing uh, is it's an Albert Anthony song about they think we don't know, but the people do know. We do know, we do get it. It may take a while to filter down and sift through, but pretty soon enough goes out there, enough people will talk and say, this isn't working. This isn't what it should be. So I felt like, you know, I'm up against it again because of party and they've got somebody in place. But at some point, it's like a, uh, Smith, Mr. Smith goes to the Washington. He's making his last pitch on the center floor. And he says, somebody sometime will listen to me. So I feel that that's some way, if I go up there enough, 
If I target out stuff that they can understand to be true, I might get through. But, I, I, you know, I think that this is good for the government, that the more they try to hold us down, the more we're going to lift up. Yeah, that's what frustrates me the most about Augusta County politics right now is uh, it seems like there's six members of the board who think the exact same way. No one wants to step out yeah. of line. Yeah. Um, the the It's almost like they feel like, I mean, I, I heard this in the meeting the other night, at least I heard it with my ears. I didn't necessarily, I'm not able to quote it easily, but it feels like they almost, some of them almost feel like they work for, for Tim Fisher rather than the other way around, which is frustrating. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's you, uh, consistently raising questions yeah. and there's there's Scott yeah. Seaton consistently raising yeah. questions and they're trying to marginalize two of you yeah um and make you you guys seem like the crazy people um yeah when we know I mean there's lots of people tuning in there's lots of, I know I mean I'm sure you hear this too because yeah. you're in the in, in yeah. the throes of it more than me but I get texts I get emails all the time from people all over the county um who are paying attention and frustrated with how things are going but they can't go to the meetings and speak because they got three minutes or, yeah. you know, or they might get perp walk out like you did. Yeah. You, got, you, got, you got let out a few weeks ago. So, I mean, you know, so I, I'm just, I'm just going to say, this isn't necessarily a question. I just admire that you're standing up here and doing this because it's not easy. It's not easy yeah. being the guy fighting against the system like this. Well, my, my uh, kids and, and the missus would just soon I not, you know, <laughs> that it's, you know, they think it's taking a toll on me and, you know, yeah, I'm up for, you know, uh, embarrassment, if you will, or something like that. But two things. When I was running for office the first time, uh, there was a man who had run for, uh, who was involved with politics quite a bit. He called me a size of Tracy. I want to tell you one thing. Don't trust staff. You know, and, and, and I, I like staff, but I never felt that I could rely on things unless I looked at it myself. That, you know, dig deeper. And there is nobody on the board that does that. I went to one board meeting and something came up where it was going to be another quarter of a million dollars going to the uh, the architects for the courthouse. And so I went up and I said, is that part of the $5 million we already budgeted for them? Or is this an addition? The board members thought it was, you know, part of the $5 million. But staff told them, no, this is additional going on. Very few of them do the homework that's necessary to ask the questions. They take us like, a, I don't want to cast dispersions against the Warrington's or the Lions, but they take it the, a meeting like that. They just go on in and the the leadership decide what we are going to do. And you say, yay, these jobs, you're a single representative for 10,000 people. You need to do the work to be sure that what's being offered is true, is, is enough, has been vetted fully. And they don't do that. And, and I look at it and I just think it's a very thin board. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and that's uh, so. You're, you're. Um, I mean, we're about a month away from the election. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the election's also every day. I mean, if in yeah. fact, almost every day because of the early voting. Um. So, I mean, what's what's your life like the next few weeks? I guess we'll kind of wrap in. And you know, you got a you you yeah. you're you're obviously campaigning every day. Yeah. Um. Talk well, about what you're what you're out there doing. Uh, one of the things. Uh, 
part of your question before was, what am I seeing in the community? I have a lot more people saying hi. I have, you know, at church Sunday, uh, I went up to, to Debbie and, and said, you tell Tracy, he's got one vote already. So I know there's activity out there. I get comments from people I haven't heard comments for that they're paying attention. So I think that's good. What I want to, what I'm going to try to focus on now is the ag community. I'm going to get out some information to them um, about how they're being targeted with taxes, how what's going on has hurt them more than most people. Uh, it has to do with the vehicle. You know, they, the trucks that they have are big trucks, they're semis and diesels and all that, and they're business trucks, they're not family trucks. They get no tax break on them. And so they have to pay through the nose for that. My $100 flat tax will will help them there. The They had two hits on on land values. Uh, Mr. Shrewsbury increased the land use uh, values and they increased the tax rate. So they get hit there. So it's, it's my intention to say, hey, we can do better than this. And, 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 and look at some things that we might do to take the burden uh, off of them. Um, you know, I would like to explore a slaughterhouse. Virginia doesn't have a real slaughterhouse. There's not a lot. And we, we are the number one beef producer in the state. You know, they could make more money if they didn't have to go so far to slaughter. They could sell uh, the beef after it's been slaughtered instead of just taking it to market. There are things that can be done. I don't know that that'll work. I don't know the opposition we might get, but it's worth exploring uh, and, and saying, can we do that? So to try and get them involved to do that, but, uh, you know, this will help. Uh, I, I'm thankful the news leader's going to run the story, I believe, and, uh, and get it out because we all hurt by the lack of the involvement from newspapers. Uh, they are uh, slimmed down. You do what you can. And, and I see you've hired some folks from the News Virginia and other places that are good out there. But we don't have the, yeah, maybe they're watching on the, the, the two, but we don't have the involvement we used to have from the press. And after every meeting, uh, you then and, and, and uh, Bob and folks would come up afterwards and like to get filled in on it. They're just grabbing what's coming out of their mouths at that time. And they're not investigating it to the degree that they ought to. So the people are hurting of, of getting the information they need to make their choices. So uh, I try to get that way. Uh, and we'll do some, some, I'm hoping to do some radio, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll try and get it out. But it's a big county. Uh, there's a lot of voters. I, you know, I, I'm investing. I've had one contribution of $200. And I'm using the money that I get from subbing uh, to uh, substitute teaching to fund my campaign. So I got to use a lot of public stuff like you doing this and the other. And I might I make a couple more appearances at the Board of Supervisors meeting to get my three minutes worth. Um, we have now come literally full circle, Tracy. I was telling yeah. you earlier in the podcast about how I remember the first time I met you was in 1996. Yeah. Um, you, there's no way you'd remember this, but I, it was it was memorable to me. I first met you and talked with you at a Central Shenandoah Planning District Commission meeting. Okay, um, 
And the first thing you told me was, because I, I was introducing myself, yeah. I had just replaced yeah. Dan McCauley, uh, who at yeah. the News Virginia had been the county yeah. reporter for, for yeah. years. And, and and I said, so, Mr. Piles, I'm, I'm Chris Graham with the, with the News Virginia. And I'm getting ready to say, yeah. and I uh, just want to introduce myself. And the first thing you said was, well, gosh, you know, the, there's so much turnover in the local media. Um, they, they, they cycle you guys in and out so quick. I'm so worried about the local media. They got your, your job's important yeah. to get the word out. Here yeah. we are 27 years later. Yeah. And it's, it's consistency, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's what made it work. It was those pamphlets in 1775 that made a difference. It's, it's, you know, people would show up at the courthouse and look at the public notices. But now it's not the same. Yeah. yeah. But it's different. So what you're doing is the next step. And we just have to have people involved with that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. Tracy, thank you so much for answering all the yeah. questions. Um, and uh, for our listeners and viewers out there, uh, we will yeah. have uh, reports on Augusta Free Press from this interview. We're going to break this okay. down, transcribe and everything else so yeah. that people can read more about Tracy's positions on the issues, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Well, Tracy, again, thanks for your time. For our listeners, viewers out there, everyone have, please, a great day. Okay. Thank you, Chris.